Welcome to the Black Belter Podcast. You're listening to episode 54. This week's guest is Maxine Noel, and Maxine is an ITF Taekwondo competitor representing Canada. She won a silver medal in patterns and a bronze medal in sparring at last year's World Championships in Germany. Apart from competing herself, Maxine works as a neuro-linguistic programming coach where she helps athletes improve their mindset when approaching training and competition. Today I chat to Maxine about some of her experiences as a competitor, some of the mental training she has done herself, as well as some of the general practices people can try to help strengthen their own mindset. Make sure to like, share and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and hope you enjoy. Okay, so what's up Maxine, how are you? Yeah, how are you? I'm all good, I'm all good. Thanks for coming on, really appreciate it. Of course, thank you for the invitation, really. Yeah, no worries. And um, so I suppose look, we'll start where uh, I suppose we start where I, I tend to start with everybody is like, uh, how did you get started in in taekwondo? Like, where did your martial arts journey begin? Yes, uh, actually, I started in taekwondo when I was seven. So one person in my family, my cousin, actually uh, was practicing taekwondo already, and I went to one of his tournaments, and that's how I was like, oh, got interested into it, and my my parents uh, that I liked it so they just decided to sign me up to a class and that's how I got started so I was going there you know like once a week on Saturdays you know the normal class and from there that's when like my passion grew especially when I competed to my first tournament so I was a white belt I think I had like yellow stripes something and I lost for and pattern and I was kind of mad but I didn't want to show anything. And I remember telling myself like next time that will be the time. And so that's how I got started into wanting to compete and want to, to get like better. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, did you play any, any other sports when you were growing up? Yeah. Well, I tried, uh, swimming, dancing, uh, even it's starting in Taekwondo also. I was also playing soccer so that I was really like into sport, not necessarily. Yeah. I tried a bunch of other sport, but Taekwondo was really the one that was the most focused on. Yeah. I was always like that even straight away. Like from when you first started, you, you found it was Taekwondo was the one. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that just the other one was like, you know, to try to make like my part was like, all right, let's try this. Let's try that. Just to see what I was liking. And when I got into Taekwondo, there was like so much thing I could do. Like you, I felt that it was like so much to learn and the the fact that I could compete because in the other sport I never really competed besides soccer but soccer I was a bit older I would say when I was like in a team and I I was in the team for like four years but I didn't get really attached to the people in there I, I felt that I was a more like an individual competitor so I prefer like taekwondo yeah yeah and what was was there more discipline? Was it one discipline you liked more than the other at that time when you first started competing? Were you more patterns, more sparring? Or did you always love competing, love both? Yeah. Actually, funny enough, I was better in sparring in, when I started, but I really, really wanted to be good at patterns. So I was like putting a lot of hours and a lot of training into patterns when I was younger to get it right, to get it like perfect. But for some reason, when I was competing in sparring, it was way easier for me. Like I was winning first place more and then I was always losing like in final uh, in patterns or like getting third place or, you know, I, I was good. But in my head, I was like, why can I not be like either the same or like the same thing? For me, I preferred pattern at that point, but I was better in sparring for some reason <laughs> yeah i was the opposite I, I always preferred patterns when i was a kid um i d- oh. didn't really d- didn't really um it wasn't that i didn't enjoy sparring i just wasn't like i, I was always like in training i could 
inspire and I'd do well and and that. But when it came to the competition, like I just like just wouldn't come together. And then when I start, I, I don't know, was it this thing? I you know when you're a kid, you're told you're not supposed to fight and all this. So, so when I got then, I was about blue belt and ten or eleven. I started to enjoy fighting, fighting more and enjoy sparring more. So and then I kind of transitioned to where like I, I don't. I'll go back to patterns, but I'm not really competing in them much now, and I'm mostly just just sparring. But uh, yeah, it's mad how it kind of switches around, like, isn't it? Yeah, same. At some point, I would say maybe when I was 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 I a blue belt or a green belt? That's when I kind of switched to like preferring pattern, but uh, then sparring, just because uh, I think the people in my division it was starting to like you know people uh, it was there was still guys in my division at that point you know like as a kid like if we were mixed obviously so it was still boys in my division and it was getting a bit rough so it, it became like ah i don't know if i like it as much now and i and i started winning more in patterns so i was like all right now i'm more in pattern but i was still you know uh, fighting but yeah at this point i would say i had a hard time managing my emotions like when i was younger i was i was able to just um I say put my energy into like, all right, if I, I don't want to lose, so I'm going to do everything that I can and I will end up like winning. So that was great. But at some point when I got into like, a bit more fearful mindset of like, oh my God, he's hitting like harder than I thought or, you know, stuff like that, then it became a bit harder for me. So I just switched a bit to, towards like pattern, blah, blah, to sparring, then pattern. It's, it switched a lot, actually. Yeah. I think even as well, like for me, it was like with patterns, the fact that you didn't have to interact with the other person to win is do you know what i mean it, you could you could just put in your performance and if your performance was good enough it was it was good enough you didn't really have to like try and outthink you didn't have to think too much uh, you didn't have to outthink the other person too much mm, that is so true and i think at some point though i was really into like i understood that i think later because even in the beginning pattern i was always thinking of the with um about the person beside me i was like oh what's he doing where is he at like and there was always the same people in my division so i knew who they were and i was like oh i'm again against this person so it took me some time to be like you know what I'm, I'm doing my own thing you know i have to focus on myself instead of focusing on the person next to me but yeah that's so true it makes a whole difference now i know yeah <laughs> and so like when did you when did you grade for black belt what age were you when you would have graded for black belt uh, I got my black belt at 11, mm. actually. Yeah. Young. Mm -hmm. Pretty young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I turned black belt at 11. And yeah, at that point, yeah, I was really into it. And that was my goal to like turn uh, to get my black belt at this age. I was like waking up super early, going for a run with my mom and like getting my workouts before school at that point, which is so funny when I think about it now. But yeah, I, I was really into it. So that was like my first like big achievement. And I remember like here in the in the town where I live, like I said, it's like a smaller town. So I I passed in the newspaper and I was telling how much I wanted to be like a ninth then and like, you know, later on how I was seeing myself at this age. So pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's 11. Are you still a little great? Like in, in Ireland, you can't grade the black belt until you're 13. So like, it, 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 mm, okay. is that route is like, can you still grade it in Canada? Can you still grade to black belt at 11? Is that still a thing? Yeah, they are letting you actually the only, um, I would say the only moment I really waited for like, um, to grade was for my fourth degree. I had to be 21. So since I got my first, like my first then when I was 11, obviously, like when I kept going, I was still like, you know, um, 
getting my second dad and then after two years, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had to wait, I think, five years to get my fourth degree. But obviously I was fine because I was competing at the same time. So I wasn't always like, I have to get, you know, the next grade right away. I wasn't like only focused on that. Since I was competing, that was helping me a lot to just, you know, wait, be patient and just go with the flow with that. Yeah. I think you nearly see that more. A lot of times, I think you see it nearly the other way, though. Do you? Like, because I know myself and I know some other people, they spent a lot of time at first degree and then kind of go through the rest of the grades quick. Like, I spent like maybe the longest time at first degree, like longer than I needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know the same thing for me. I, I know that people who say like first degree and just, you know, stay there. It's fine. Since, since they were like competing and they don't want to go to the next one. Since I was really, um, uh, oriented towards like pattern at this point, I would say for my first world championship, I was uh, obviously first degree and I was 14 and I could only compete in patterns because to get selected, I was 13. I had to accumulate points. That's how we work here in Canada. You have to accumulate points, then go to national again. Um, you have to win either first or second place to be picked on the, on the team. Um, but yeah, since I was like younger than the the age that they were asking for to be a junior, at, um, yeah, to be a junior, uh, I only did pattern at this point, and yeah, so I only did pattern. So that was really really focused on that. So I didn't mind to you know pass another degree afterward. You know, like when it was going higher, like with time. Mm-hmm. So then, what what was the first major international tournament you went to then? Uh, international, yeah, that was the World Championship in two thousand nine in Argentina. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. At that. I didn't go to that one. <laughs> I could have, but uh, yeah, I wasn't at that one. I still always regret that because anybody who was there always says like the atmosphere was it was unbelievable and stuff like and says it was a great World Championship. So I like I was old enough and all that. I could have went if I I could if I I didn't go even go for selection. Um, but I, I mm-hmm. kind of maybe wish I did now looking yeah. back. But hey, look, it is what it is. Yeah. How old are you right now? At 25. Are you 25? Oh, okay. We're well, the same age. Okay. I thought by saying that maybe, okay, maybe you have a difference of like a month and stuff. Ah, no. So, uh, interesting. yeah, I just, at the time, it maybe wasn't on the, on the radar, I suppose. It was, um, because it was some other political stuff as well, like how our association was only just getting back in to be allowed to compete on the national team and stuff. So it wasn't really something I knew massively okay. about at the time even really. So, but then, I ended up going to the next one in 20, like I went to the European Championships then a couple of months, like there would have been the next one after the World Championships in Argentina and they haven't got rid of me mm-hmm. since. <laughs> All right, there you go. No, that's not, yeah, that was, like you said, the embassy over there was really, that's how I got me like, yeah, I want to do that, that's for sure. Like that was my, like you said, my first big international uh, tournament. My first time also traveling that far, like getting out of like, you know, I, I visited like the US and stuff like that around me, but it's the first time doing like really uh, elsewhere. And yeah, it was an amazing experience that what got me into like wanting to go to other ones for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did the competition go? Um, I was well, result wise, I lost first round, but <laughs> that was for me like just yeah, the experience itself, just realizing that everybody who's there right now has the same passion as me, wants the same thing as me. Like, this whole energy was so dense, was so intense and rich that 
I didn't mind at all <laughs> to lose over there. Like in my mind, I was just like enjoying the experience. And also I was like, all right, next time that I'm coming back, not I know how it's going to be like the energy and how I have to deal with it. So it was like, everything was a first time for me, like to be with that many people, because usually like in Canada, yeah, we used to have like many competitors, but obviously not as much, obviously. <laughs> and since Argentina, they have even more people, but yeah. So I didn't feel disappointed in anything because I was just there for the experience. And that just got me into wanting even more for the next uh, world championship, which was uh, the one in New Zealand in 2011 so I went to this one and instead of only participating in patterns I participated in in patterns and sparring and power breaking and team sparring and team power breaking I got selected for all of that so I was like since I'm going I'm going for everything that I can yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that you see that a lot and I know that was definitely the case for me the the first one was definitely an, an eye-opener to kind of see the level I have to get to like you see so many people in a bigger in exactly. a big arena and uh it, it's starting to like we haven't done mm -hmm. it before and you get to see the, the level of competition and you see like the, the step up you have to make because it's 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 hard mm -hmm. for somebody to be to explain to you the difference in level to what you're used to to what the level is at a tournament like this you kind of have to experience it mm -hmm, totally and yeah that's so true because i didn't know what to expect exactly you know so everything that i was doing at you know nationally like here in canada i didn't know how it would be at like in another tournament so i didn't know what to expect what to think about really when i was over there so that was really like first time in everything and i really enjoyed like watching other people so that was my first time to really watch you know world champions and really watch people were like up there like up and in, in, yeah like higher level and i was like all right now i know that i want to go over there so i know who i have to watch and how they are like you know acting how they are reacting how they are managing things and yeah so that gave me a, good, a great look of like what i want to go where i want to go mm -hmm. yeah helps you discover because you nearly when you go to the first one you nearly don't you'd, you'd hear like i suppose you know some of the big names like like you know you would know like the likes of barada and that going to going to the tournaments but there's other names that you don't really maybe haven't heard of but then you get to go and you see them compete and you see them firsthand you're like these people are really good and then you maybe go home and you watch more of them on youtube and you try to look at them more like and see what they're like then mm -hmm. that yeah that's true even people like around me like some people in my team that were older than me that I was like, I never see them compete at this level. So I, it was like nice to see them, like how they would react and react. But yes, again, like big names, like was she that at a point? I don't know. Like for, for me, one of my like big idol when I was younger was uh, Kessa Solvay. And I don't think she was there. I think, no, yeah. I don't remember. I don't know if I, I saw her over there or I saw someone else over there, but like this division, was like really like one that I was watching a lot, the senior women, uh, lightweight. Well, the one that I yeah, I am at right now, but that was like, all right, I think this one's gonna be a great one. Yeah. I remember watching that and be like, yes, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, Ka Ka catch is mm -hmm. probably she's she's probably my favorite fighter. male or female, I love watching catch. Yeah. I love watching the, the those highlight videos that Oleg has put up on um YouTube. I've watched them watched them a lot. They were uh <laughs> They're, they're class videos i love watching I go even going back i i watched them kind of at the back at the kind of close to the start of the when everything closed down the start of the pandemic because i hadn't kind of watched them in maybe a year or two and it was great to go back and watch them i thought it was like they're just as good 
still true. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't think she was in Argentina. I don't think she was. I, I'm not sure. Like I know she wasn't there in New Zealand because they couldn't get like the visa, the old Ukrainian team. I, I'm not sure about, yeah at all about Argentina. Like I have this feeling, but I'm not sure because I watch yeah, I watched it I was really into at that point too. Uh, Julia Cross, I think she was there. But yeah, so that was like the name that I had in mind at that point. But yeah, I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And like through, through your time competing, did you feel like that there was more of a physical change or more like a mental change that you had to maybe make in your preparation at any point in time? I would say that through time, I really like evolved into like thinking that my physical preparation was the most important thing because I wasn't really aware of like the mental part until I, yeah, because my big, well, I say big problem, but really the big thing for me was to manage my emotions. And for me, I really thought it's because I, uh, I, I had the lack of confidence, like I didn't have enough confidence in myself and my abilities, but I was still, you know, getting results and stuff like that. So I thought it was just a matter of training more and, you know, uh, getting my physical form into getting in better shape even more than I was already, even though I was like training a lot of, I was going to most classes at my, at my school. And I was also, I added um, physical training with a kinesiologist at some point because someone approached me and was like, oh, I can, you know, show you some exercise and then be a trainer. And so that's how I got started pretty young, actually. Maybe I was 14, 15 when I got approached. So after school, I was always going to the gym and then got trained. And then at night, going to take one of the, like, classes. And I thought that was, you know, what I needed. And at some point, it was a big deal for me to manage my emotion because I was always trying at each classes. <laughs> it was such a, yeah, because I was getting, I was pretty perfectionist and I had a hard time like dealing with critiques and I thought that it was bad if I was getting critiqued even though like deep down I was like like I need to hear that if I want to improve but then I was like telling me myself that you're not good enough then you know if they were telling you that you have to be even better and that's not enough what you're doing and that kind of speech in my mind was getting myself crazy and I was getting mad at myself for thinking this way and just a whole like cycle of like getting mad even more mad and then I would just start crying to like release this energy that was getting stuck in my body so each time that there was something I had to work on, I would get really frustrated and then some tears would run down my face and that was just it. And at some point, even my, my, my coach and my trainer were used to it. They were not asking if I was in pain because I wasn't in pain like physically. It was just really mentally I was in pain, not being able to manage the emotion, whatever I was feeling. And the, the thoughts that I had in my mind were pretty negative, <laughs> I would say. So it's until I saw a second because I, I saw a fruit psychologist for that and sadly it didn't help like he told me something to do I was just like are you kidding me but that's another story and the second one that I went to see he actually really helped me in telling me basically that I had the right to cry and I was like what <laughs> so that's really what changed the love in my mind just because I had a hard time like I said dealing with emotion but for me I wasn't giving myself permission to be angry or to be like you know to cry because for me uh, it didn't have any place when I was performing like you should not cry you should be mad you should be frustrated you should just be like neutral otherwise people would perceive that and 
is in my head it wasn't a good thing so when I learned that it was fine that I, I it's okay that I cry he also told me like an exercise to do which was to challenge myself to cry even more as soon as I feel that I want to cry so this way I'm giving myself permission to do so and I would not feel the need to do any to do it anymore and that really worked and now I'm like all right okay this whole thing really helped me so there's maybe something else to explore in this area of like the mental part so that's how I got into the mental preparation yeah and I think that do you think that Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a big thing is that like you like you said like when you were crying you kind of felt like you're not supposed to cry and I think there's like like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have that before they especially bef- like just before you step on the mats to compete to where you might like you're, you're, like where you have some doubt and everybody go like you, the, and the first thought is I'm yeah. not supposed to have any doubt like I'm not supposed to be thinking like this and you start to you know panic because why am I thinking like this but it's actually quite normal to think like that and like like everybody's probably feeling the same or has a, at least had the thought that like of doubt but it's kind of maybe what you do after that then I would think. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, because I, I feel and I totally agree with you. Like for me, it was like, you know, the crying and even like having negative thoughts, uh, feeling stress. I thought that was that was something wrong. You know, like the way I would perceive it is like mm, it's wrong to feel this way or to think like that. So by saying this and by believing this, you even feel like worse about yourself. You know, it's not helping you to like think that. So you're just like feeling even more either ashamed or like a um, culpability towards like that because you think you should not be thinking like that and you're trying to like cancel the thought or like cancel the feeling you're like no no no, I should not be stressed I should not be stressed I should think positive and then you're not helping yourself this way but until you realize it you think that's the way to go because you're told to yeah you should think positive so if you're not thinking positive it means it's wrong you know but actually it's more about think knowing that the negative thought will be there and it's fine but you choose to think about positive stuff you know you choose each time it's just a choice to like go towards the negative instead of the positive it's not you know right or wrong it's just a choice yeah i think that kind of comes into then as well like the like like everybody will understand that like the like the mental side of the game is really important but then there isn't so much that they want to work on it because to work on it would have to admit then as well like that there was potentially a problem as such you know and and, mm-hmm. and the thing is yeah. like that especially i suppose in even the sport that we're in given that it's like a combat sport and it's it's mm-hmm. essentially a fight is like you have to be macho and you, you have to be mentally strong and tough so you don't want to admit that or oh, in in certain moments i was maybe mentally weak and then that holds you back. You don't. People don't want to admit to themselves nearly that they were mentally weak. Whereas you're better off to just merely. Or the, the first part mm-hmm. of fixing the problem is admitting there was maybe a problem, and then trying to fix it and improve and do something about it. Totally. No, that's true. And I think the the problem is the way we see the problem. Meaning that we think that by having witnesses and having a problem is something bad. So again, we don't want to go this way because we're like, no, 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 I don't want to see that because it means that it's not good and I'm wrong and there's something bad about me, but there's nothing wrong about yourself. You know, it's just something that you can address and it's even 
a good thing and it takes a lot of courage to just see like yeah I, I do have this right now that i'm going through that i i'm not dealing with that's not helping me right now so that's usually what happens when you feel that you're not improving anymore and there's like you know you don't really get the result that you want or you're just thinking in your head like why do i not see any more progress you know like there's something and usually it's in your mind you know it's a lot about your mind because there's something like you said you're not really honest about what's not working but you don't want to look at it so just by saying that it's okay that you have that it's actually everybody has that you're like all right so i'm giving myself the permission to look at it and now from there i can work on it and see what i can do with it yeah because obviously you know like if if you if you've lost in a in competition you can always point to the, the physical stuff to well oh maybe i should have i shouldn't have thrown this kick here i should have done this here like that's easy to look at and that, like that's probably is correct and of course you have to look at that as well but maybe you could make the biggest improvement by like maybe was it what you were thinking at a certain time what you were feeling at a certain time maybe going there maybe that's the biggest problem you know maybe you could do it addressing that first but sometimes people just want to brush that stuff to the side and just focus on just the physical stuff that i need to get better mm -hmm. at yeah, I think it's easier this way because the physical is really the, the part that we see, you know, that we physically see and that we can say like, yeah, if I improve that for sure, there's going to be, again, improvement and more achievement. But then again, that all stuff from your mind, you know, like your actions are directed in the life from your emotions and from your thoughts. So if you work with your thought and even even if we go higher than that, it starts to create all your beliefs. So if you work with your beliefs, you work with your thoughts then you work with your emotion and then your reaction and from your reaction, you get the results. So that's, it's a big thing that's as uh, some, we don't think about. So we usually work on the result and saying that we have to like make some change in to the action that we put on and we put in, but actually it goes higher than that. We have to look higher and like another, um, how can I say that? Another area, like another level, you know, which is not, it's like the unseen. This is the part that is not physical, but it's like in your mind, which usually all it comes for. So if you, yeah, like you said, if there's something that went wrong, you could say like, oh, I wasn't like quick enough. I wasn't like, I was super tense. I was so stressed. So next time I have to relax. That's obviously easy to say, but then what made you stressed? You know, what were you thinking to feel that you were stressed then how come did you think that this person was maybe better because that was the thought that came to your mind that's why you became tense and you know your body reacts to what you think so as soon as you have a better idea and better consciousness of what are your thoughts you can you know play with that and have the result that you're looking for because you're more aligned yeah i think even as well like as you as you said uh people can sometimes get caught up and like the result is the only thing that matters to some degree and obviously like it, it does it's it's a sport it's competitive the result does matter like but do you enjoy you could go like you said the unseen do you just enjoy training do you enjoy just getting on the mats competing like do like do you enjoy the whole process of it and like again that's not physical like nobody can see you know that's more of a mental thing like and how you're feeling and the emotion that goes with just training do you enjoy all that and maybe if you don't win okay that was maybe there wasn't success in the result but you had success because you enjoyed how you were spending your time for the last couple of weeks months yeah i think that when you think about it like the result at the end like if you got a medal or not for example if you want to see the result like that this is like mainly i don't know like one percent of like the whole process of you know the journey itself so if you didn't enjoy like the the whole journey it's like you've missed all that time so it's just like yeah thinking about what's 
going to happen at the end of the day without knowing what really happened during the day, you know, like just thinking about the future and what's going to, what's ahead of you without being really in the present moment. So it's all related to that. And yeah, without enjoyment, without pleasure. And I think another thing that's really important to have in mind is to know for yourself what is really success because we always attribute success to a result. But at the end of the day, like, we just said like the result is like 1% of your whole journey. So success, if it's only that, the only way that you can think that you're successful, it, it plays a big, big role in, you know, the way you think and the way you will react because you get so attached to the result. And that's not always helpful when you want to, you want to enjoy and be playful and really have a good time, you know, if you're too attached to the result. Yeah. I like what the result mm-hmm. in as well. You, you end up feeling that. The last, like if you've given a couple of months of preparation to go to this tournament and you lose and you don't get the gold medal well that was a waste of time I was just wasted a couple of was like, but did you like like you said if you enjoyed all that time if you enjoyed the training if you enjoyed every day you were training then was it a waste of time exactly like yeah that's really the thing like that's a choice to see only the result as the only thing that matters like there's so many things that happens through your training through every other day that you put the work in and you know the people that you met like the thing that you the whole progression that you were able to see while you were training and even everything that you learned through your sport that can be seen in other area of your life you know you can as soon as you're able to transfer all that knowledge in other area you see how much the process was important because it taught you so many things besides like getting a certain result so the result is just really something that you get at the end of the day that only means something depending what you decided to mean if that makes sense i don't know if i said it right but it's the meaning depends on you you know like if you attach so much to it you forget a lot of things that could make you even happier than you think yeah and so like, mm-hmm. like you said with, the, with just like for, for yourself and you like the the extra you were told like you were able to like don't hold back from your emotions like you know you have the right to cry was there any other exercises or anything else like that kind of helped or like that you were given at that time that kind of helped you to change and strengthen your mindset? Yeah, I would say the the big thing for me that, that I did for my mindset, for my emotions is obviously writing, a lot of writing. For me, that was something because like, telling out loud like my emotion that will help me with other people like saying yes I'm mad and being okay with it it's just the more you do it obviously the more you do it the more you feel comfortable with it and telling yourself that you know it's just in your head and one thing that helps me a lot and even that I still do now because yeah I'm still doing that kind of work in my day-to-day life and in sport is really being able to dissociate like um, either your ego or this other voice in your head and yourself. So what I mean by that is every doubt and every negative thought that you have, you can dissociate that and look at it as an, another person or the ego, if you've ever heard of like all that type of work. So I like to see it as something external for me. So I know when this voice is talking in my head, it's, you know, it's not me. It's this fearful voice that just wants to protect me, wants to help me. But his way of doing it is maybe not the best way ever for me to improve and to grow. So as soon as I know that and I dissociate myself from these thoughts, I can be like, all right, I understand. Like, thank you, but no thanks. (laughs) You know, like I want to do these things. And I know deep down that I have this confidence. And that's something you build again, like 
something you know, but there's always this other voice sometimes that you listen too much to and that takes over and that's when you underperform or you feel stress and everything. So everything related to fear, to stress, to doubt, you can attribute it to this external voice. And then anything else like the positive, the choices and the joy, the pleasure, you associate it to who you are as a person. So that's that really helped me to deal like as soon as I will get conscious that's the first step usually that's a big work like a first exercise is just to be able to realize when you think about those negative thoughts when you feel doubtful when you realize that you're like oh look who's talking right now you know being like gets put some humor into that also like that's funny but like to try to realize who's talking right now and be like all right i understand your point of view you can say that to your head and be like but i decided to choose otherwise you know i decide to still be positive about it so when i was in tournament like last tournament specific, uh, specifically like 2019 that was a big, big one for me which I, I got really good result but that was also the one that i was most prepared mentally talking emotionally talking and I was able to manage to, as soon as I would get the stress, I will attribute stress another meaning. Um, instead of thinking that stress is a bad thing that will not help me, I was thinking that since I'm stressed, it means that I'm uh, getting enthusiastic about what's going to happen. You know, my body is getting ready to perform. My body is getting ready to do something amazing. So by seeing it this way, my body will be like, oh my God, we're ready. You know, <laughs> we're ready to go. And that's okay to feel this way in my body. So it's really a matter of perspective. And as soon as I would have like a bowel or something like that, I would not feel bad about it. I would not be like, oh my God, why it's there? But I would more think about, all right, but even though this happening, like even though I'm thinking like that, what do I want to think about instead? Like, what's the other thought? So I'll be like, oh yeah, this person's doing that, but I'm good. I I just you know I just prefer myself. That's fine. You know I'm okay. Like and just play with that. Just being super aware and conscious of the thoughts and be like, okay, that's fine. No worries. And finding something else that I want to think about better and feel better in my body. Just really connecting the mind and the body together. Yeah. I know even myself kind of subconsciously without even taking it like it's only I suppose when I look back is like there's definitely been times for myself where I have you know it's time to warm up and you're kind of like looking at the clock going oh my god I wish I had another hour I wish I was another hour away like I'd like put that back and it's like the nerves start kicking in and you'd nearly like want to put it back because it's like then you don't have to deal with the nerves or the nerves might go away if the further away the event is but then I know then like at the European Championships that had like just gone last October like Mm. I kind of had a much more, and again, it wasn't a, a conscious thought. It was only like a subconscious thing to some degree that the nerves were kicking it, it coming on, and it was kind of like, "All right, here we go," you know. It was like, "All right, all mm-hmm. right, here we go." It's getting close. It's like, "This, this is why I'm here." Like, I, this, it does. Because I was only getting a buzz off the nerves. If you, if you know what I mean, like there was thing like it was like, "Oh yeah, we're getting close now. We're gonna," you know. There was just this a much more kind of different thought that would have had at different times before, and. Um, no, it's not to say maybe I'll feel go back to feeling the way I did before as well because like, I don't think it's ever I don't think how you it's ever like a set in stone thing that this is the your the way you feel every time now you go to do these things I think it's it's often moving and it can change from event to event but that was definitely for me the last time like stepped on a big event like just the nerves it was kind of I nearly just embraced them more and I was happy to have them Totally, yeah, like you said, I think it's a good way to say, like, embrace it instead of, like, fearing it and thinking it's, again, it's really the perspective, how you see it, how you think it is. If you 
decide it's wrong every everything around is going to be wrong and your mind wants to help you you know your mental wants to give tell you that you're right about what you think so it's going to give you every reason possible to think that's wrong if you believe it deep down so if you decide to switch it and do the work towards that and switch it to something that you believe that is positive that is true that is right then it's going to find every proof for you to think that it's right that's how your mind works so yeah by thing saying that you embrace the nerve is like now you're good with it you know when it's there you're happy about it you're happy that it's going to help you and you're able to associate like nerves like stress or even some a bit of anxiety with like oh look at that my body is getting warmed up it's getting ready to like to do something like amazing and to perform at is like best potential so you just you roll with it you know yeah and like how big do you think it, i suppose you can't buy it as an experience like to be able to like being able to compare how you felt in one situation to how you felt in the next one's like well i felt like this in this situation and i did poorly and then i was kind of thinking and feeling like this in this situation and i did well and kind of like what was the difference like well what did i do differently why was that like do you think experience is a massive thing there to being able to go back and compare your previous experiences i suppose or different situations mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure, when I go back, experience has a lot and letting yourself experience as well, like meaning that knowing whatever result you're going to get is just going to help you getting even better, either if you lose or, or win. It's always just a step to, you know, make you improve. But when I look back at my, I don't know, I try to think like worst experience, like worst, the, one of the bad experience that I had, really that wasn't, Hmm, I wasn't that happy about because I used before to be so frustrated after every loss. It was really like a thing. <laughs> I wasn't able to watch my videos like afterward, like forget about it because I didn't want to go back in this kind of emotion of like deception and like, oh my God, why did I act this way? Or why did I react this way? And blah, blah, blah. So, and then when I was able to make the switch to like watch the video and be able to see the positive and like the good thing that I made again, it was a whole process to be able to enjoy the whole thing. And I think it's that experience and you can, I don't think like people who just start, you can give them right away that, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. They have to experience it and then they will believe it, but that's okay. Like to just, talked about it to them so this way they have a certain awareness towards that like okay they're saying that but i don't really know what they're talking about and then the experience is like all right okay now i get it but you know it's still important i think and for me when i had i said i would think worst experience when really i i felt ireland for me for example 2017 i don't know if i'll consider like my words but i feel that i really trained and really got ready for it physically talking mainly physically talking, I was super ready and when I got to like fighting I uh won my first round did I won a second or I got a second I don't remember I think I went through like two or three rounds like it's sparring and like when I lost I lost last minute it was like you know like a switch and I lost and I'm like really <laughs> like that's all all for that like because at this point i remember doubting myself and i wasn't like going for it anymore i was just like trying to defend myself and protect myself and it wasn't really the mindset that i wanted like after we're thinking about it obviously but that was all right why did i block myself this way like knowing that i 
done so much and I, I could have done even more. So I wasn't like that happy about this performance. And that's when I was like, all right, now I have to do something about my mindset. Now I have to switch it up at some point because this way of doing things, my way of training is not serving me anymore. Like it's not helping me. I have to listen more to, you know, the intuition and stuff like that because I know how to train and I know how to fight and how to compete, but I don't let myself do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm blocking myself with my own mind, with my own thoughts. So I had to put aside the training work, like a bit more than what I used to do. So less training, but adding more training to the mental preparation. So more time for the mental preparation, more way to do it my own way. And I feel when it's better for me to work out, when it's not, when I should do this or that. So really listening to myself more. And then it, uh, it brought me to my best tournament, <laughs> which was the 2019 for me, the World Championship. Because obviously result-wise, uh, it was really, really good. But also my mindset, when I was over there, I just enjoyed the whole thing. Like I had such a good time, such a blast. I was like so chill compared to like what I've experienced before. The big difference for me that I realized is, first of all, I got tested right away when I got there. Like I, fo I forgot my dough buck at the hotel. So I had to go back all the way to the hotel, which was like super far away, like 20 minutes and then come back. And knowing in my head that I would have to cut my warm up time and half obviously so i was like all right look at that like and i i laughed at it because i, I was like I, i'm being tested right now to see how i'm reacting how's my mindset my mindset going so i was like i'm fine you know i would just warm up a bit know exactly what i want to do to feel ready and i'll just go with that with that and it went super good like i i finished like second in patterns like why like that was fine and yeah, from there when I, I got this little challenge, of like, all right, this is how ready I am. Like, I feel really good in myself. And also the other thing that would tell me that I was ready is also I was able to be social with people because I used to be really like, I have to be in my bubble. I don't want to talk to anybody. Everybody's going to mess my mood. Like, I was thinking that. But then at this tournament, it was my first time being able to open up a lot and be just you know, listening to my music, doing my thing, but at some point I was able to talk with, you know, my coach even more, with my, my friend who was there. Um, just being, yeah, feeling great, open, having uh, pleasure and knowing that that will help me to feel even better to compete. So it wasn't a bad thing anymore to get social while being at a tournament. It was a good thing to help me being a bit in a better mood. So, yeah, yeah I would say that was a big difference for me. Yeah. I think that's the, is definitely the thing I like that is you, you get there and you get to these tournaments and because like you mightn't compete for a day or two days, three days, depending on what events you're in. But like usually you have a day or two where you maybe don't compete at the start because maybe when you get there and the weigh-ins the next day, it's sort of stuff. And mm. you, you, I know this happened to myself, but I would imagine it's been other people. You're getting nervous and you've just got to the airport to go to the whatever, wherever the tournament's on. And there's like this, you're, you're just kind of nervous and a bit tense and a bit anxious like that like there's an underlying nervousness or underlying anxiousness because you're kind of like all right it's it's two days till i'm competing oh it's 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 three it's one day till i'm competing and there's this kind of this underlying thing and you don't ever really enjoy it because you're kind of like oh I, i'm competing soon i'm competing soon whereas when you can get get rid of that and just relax you know and just just just, just chill you, you, you don't worry about it as much you have more energy nearly than mm -hmm. to compete 
Yeah, I love energy. I think the way that for dealing with that, because yeah, I totally understand that as soon as you get to this, like, you know, other country and you're like, all right, right now it's, it's serious. I'm about to compete like in maybe three, four days. I don't know. And I know for me, the thing that will help me the most was like to have a specific routine, like at night, knowing that this is, and I improved it a lot before the world championship in 2019. That was really like at its peak, I would say that. But having a specific routine would just bring me back to how I want to feel. So, you know, you know, when you feel stressed, you know exactly how it um, reflects in your body, like how you feel when you're tense, you know, your shoulders a certain way, you feel your, your, your hands a certain way too, you have these thoughts, blah, blah. So then after that, I was like, all right, how do I want to feel instead, you know? And I mainly focusing on what I want instead of what I don't want. So even though I was feeling like, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. But I want to feel like a bit more relaxed and relaxed. Was that mean? Oh, yeah, true. My shoulder has to be like, you know, a bit down like this and breathe a certain way and think about this time that it went super well. And like just bringing everything that will make me feel better. And if it's talking with someone, fine, eat certain thing, fine. Like just to make you in this type of, yeah, moon mindset that makes you feel better. And my night routine was a mania night routine that i was doing before the tournament was mainly that just visualization and also bringing a lot of um emotion into it meaning that when i was warming up i would feel my whole body like through the warm-up even though it was in my head you know like i was able to associate my body even though it was just a move in my head that i was making same thing with like i would see my whole tournament how it will go how i want to feel when i compete and also when i'm going to be on the podium how i want to feel like everything to make sure that my mind remembers that and when i will compete for real it will know what to do because it already done that in the past like the brain doesn't make the difference in between like what you're visualizing in your head and what's really happening in the present. So you can use that at your advantage. Yeah. I, I, mm. I would think, I think, yeah, for that, them, the, like that, like that, those rituals at nighttime can be, or routines can be, can be very important. Like to just even something like simple as pa- packing your bag the night before. So when you get up in the morning, you don't have to worry about it and you don't have that stress of, have I got, have I got my gum shield in my bag? Have I got my ID card or, have I got my door or <laughs> I had one, but it wasn't the good one. Like, was the reason that it's so crazy? Because I, yeah, yes, like I do that and religiously, like I really pack my thing the night before, making sure everything's there. Also, making a list on my phone to make sure. And yeah, that passed either way. That that was meant to be for me to test me. That that's that's what I believe. <laughs> but yeah, you told you that's part of the routine, like just just making sure, like being. I guess, like, uh, all, um, yeah, prepared just in case something happened. But, you know, if that's prepared, you feel better. You don't have to think about a thing. You just have to focus on what you have to do. But, yeah, yeah that's part of it. You're right. Yeah. And then would you would you recommend, like, any maybe sort of rituals, like, on the day of a competition? Like, you know, like, even if it's something like putting on the order, maybe you put on your sparring gear or how you warm up or like, like is a certain type of warm up that you have to do would you would would that be something maybe you would promote in terms of like a certain ritual or routine on the day of you compete mm-hmm. well the day that i compete like okay if i really think about it like even when i wake up as soon as possible like i like to have my music this is really important for me to have like this uh specific list this music playlist that is really um wants to make me dance and make me feel good and that's like i used to have really like uh heavy metal 
but I would mix, I would say, because you still want to have like that kind of like, even, even like, especially when you spar and stuff like that, you kind of want to have this, I don't know, explain, but this kind of attitude and like intensity. So this type of music is helping, but also combine with something like more uh, loose and more playful. That would make me like in a vibe of like, I'm feeling great. So a specific playlist that it's important to me and to just listen to it while I'm getting ready, while I'm eating breakfast, like just to make myself like in that type of mood and while going all the way to the tournament, like in the bus or whatever. And then there, my routine is mainly to just first, uh, I wouldn't, maybe like go like put my dough buck on right away or just sway but still having like my sweatsuit on like to warm up with that and really a big thing for me is not to warm up too early like i don't want to warm up for like hours because i'm you know stressed i want to make sure that i'm warmed enough but i know how long it takes me to warm that so if it's not time it's not time and i'm okay with that you know so i would just you know talk enjoy like walking around being in my bubble just repeating myself also all the things that i know that i'm good at meaning like technique wise uh mindset wise uh physical wise like just put me in that mood like you know you're good like you know this is good remember that and also if i know i have a long time to wait like if it's not time to warm up at all and I have a long time in between, I like to sometimes just like rest, like almost take a nap because I don't want my stress level to go all the way up because I'm just thinking about how long I have to wait. So sometimes just take a nap with the music and chill with that, put myself a timer. And as soon as the timer goes off, then I'm like, all right, now it's time to warm up slowly and take the time. So I go really general to really specific, obviously depending on pattern or you know, sparring is really different, but yeah, just still, again, I have something part of my routine that I like is I have this notebook in which, again, I have like a list of all the things that I know that I'm good at. So if I want to watch it again, and also it's a reminder of sometimes techniques like counter like attacks and stuff like that. I like to read it and just do it like slowly afterwards. So it just stays in my mind because meaning that I've done it before. So when I spar for real, well, it's, it's there. So I know it's going to be easily accessible in my mind to do it when I need it. So that's part of my routine and yeah, shake it off and then just go at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But then, what what advice? I don't know if you have something or a thought about it yourself. What 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 would what would be the or what would you think it would happen? Or if you didn't have that notebook, or if you didn't have the certain music, like the like it. That's a yeah. That's a good question. I, I like that. Yeah, actually, if I would not have it, um, it now I'm thinking about what happened to the the books. It's a bit the same thing. I think that you know, had I don't have it, like at some point in my career, I would have been oh my god, like. I'm done, you know, like you, you, it's again, another type of work to do, like not being so attached to that routine, that it's a good thing. I think the thing that you can really on the most is really being able to sit down and maybe if close your eyes and put yourself in this state of mind that you want to be in so that you don't need anything physically wise. So even the music, even like the notebook. So knowing that even like having this belief that you worked on that, even though you don't have these things, you're still gonna be fine that's just you know a tool like something you add to that's just like the yeah the just the something that you add is not necessary but it's helpful obviously but again the most important thing is just 
dealing with your mind. And when I say dealing, it's just having this great conversation with it. And I like when I what I told earlier, like dissociate myself. And if this like friend of mine in my head is getting crazy because it's having like all these thoughts or whatever, like I work on you know, what is this boy is looking for, you know, what is this for his needs right now to feel better. So I was just listening to that. So it's also listening to your own self, even though I do the dissociation thing, but I give myself what I want and what I need at that point to feel better. So I think everything for me is all about how I feel deeply when I am in a good state. Uh, I know it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that big thing is, as you said, is, is not being too attached to the routine that because you, you don't really want to be in the position where oh, if I like you said if I don't have my notebook or if I don't have my doorback oh my god I can't win but you know mm-hmm. but, but you have those things like you said to, that nearly that you don't need them but they make you feel comfortable is to exactly and mm-hmm. as, I, not just for myself like there's and I I didn't realize this for, for ages that like there was just a certain order I'd put my sparring gear on and uh Mm. and it was by accident I kind of discovered that you know because uh, I, I put the wrong glove on first before and I kind of went wait that feels wrong and I was like oh yeah because I always put this one on, <laughs> I always put this one on first and it's not necessarily <laughs> that if I, I where I think that like oh, if I don't put my sparring gear on in, in in this order I'm not going to win but it just but it just helps me to feel comfortable to put it on that way if, if you do you know what I mean it's not like I feel like I have to like it's lucky for some reason but it's just just makes me feel comfortable to put it on that way so mm-hmm. I'll put it on that way that's really true. Yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. Just because I, I believe we have to stay still flexible in every situation. And that's usually how you see people. When people are able to adapt and be flexible in cert, a certain situation, that's usually the one that are able to just manage everything, I would say. So, yeah, no attachment. You don't need to attach to something to be like dependent on something to make sure that you win or not. But yeah, it's a good tool. It's a good way to help you feel comfortable and better in your body. It's just something that you add on. Yeah. Yeah. And then like in terms of maybe the, the I suppose the, the months leading up to a, a tournament and the, and the weeks, what sort of, ex- I saw you put up a video about um, mindfulness and, and make a note of like a certain feedback and that you get at certain times and how you react to that. Is that kind of something that you would like do yourself or that you would promote to, for other people to do that you would work with? To do the mindfulness, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that is usually first step ever if you get into mental preparation. Like I would say the one step, most important step is to get mindful of all your thoughts. So that's really when you realize whenever you react. Because if you want to know more about your emotional state, your mental state, that's the yeah the first thing to do. So a good exercise I would say to try that is to realize on a day to day, like uh, during a day, when do you react? When do you have certain emotion? And as soon as you have the emotion, just being aware of like, Oh, what just happened and being able to see like what made you react this way, this way, which thought did you have in your mind? And from there you'd be like, Oh, okay. Uh, for example, I got really angry at someone in my mind. I felt that this person was wrong. and was telling me I was wrong. So that's why I got mad. Okay. 
then my thinking is because I believe that what he said is not good, it's not respectful towards me. So that's why I'm angry. So when you just realize like these old pattern, that's the first thing. You realize a lot of things. You realize that first of all, you have a lot of thoughts during the day. <laughs> and also the other thing is mainly always the same ones which is pretty funny. So the same one I'm always repeating and is the one you have the most. So when you do a switch into these thoughts and into the belief or whatever, it makes a big change in there every day. And I would say just being able to know whenever you react, what are your triggers? That's what I like to call it. And that's how you call it either way. But what triggers you in a day? And what did you think in your mind that made you react to this trigger? Like, what was the thought? What did you think about? Because an emotion is just like the way that your body talks. That's really how your body just wants to communicate with you. But this thought, uh, this emotion was actually developed by a thought, like it came from a thought at the at the beginning so if you think that a person is not respecting you is disrespecting you at the moment you will think anger because you know that this is not respect that you don't want to be like uh feel this way but again does that really mean that the person disrespected you for real or was just the way that you perceive it that's another story you know so you have to be able at some point to see like is it just me who wants to see it this way because each time that i hear this or people react this way I think a certain way, then I react a certain way. So it's like a whole process. But I think the first first step is just being able to see and realize being conscious of all your thoughts. When I say all, it's like, what what are the ones that comes up most? And which emotion is linked to this thought? And from there, you can like start the work. Like which emotion is usually there the most? When do you react the most? What is usually the trigger? And after that, there's a lot of work that can be done, but that's a really good start. Yeah. And would it be right to say that it's not even just the negative ones that, that help, it's the positive ones as well. You see that, like, what triggered the positive thoughts, the positive feelings and emotions, and then you can maybe work towards them as well. Totally. And I think that's, yeah, that's really good to mention because these becomes also your reference, if that makes sense. So I really like to work with that also as a coach, as a mindset coach, NLP athlete specialist. I really specialize with athletes mainly because of my experience, but I really love to reference to, you know, good experience because that's what you know also to be good for you. So when, yeah, you react a certain way during your day, you, that makes you feel good then you can realize which thought was there and how come that makes you feel good. And you can also apply it later on to the one that you react to negatively because again, it's all a matter of perception because you, you know, probably too, like someone will react the same way to a certain like, sentence and someone that will different, it will react differently. It's not because someone said something specifically that that's the reason that's because how we perceived it and how we decided to react to it. Because again, it's a choice to decide to take it personally or not. It's a choice to see it as a bad thing or not. It's a choice to see it as something aggressive or not. Because we're taught, and so that's another part too, but like programming, we're taught that this is supposed to be bad, this is supposed to be harmful, or this is supposed to be great too, like again, the, the positive thought. So that's why I'm reacting this way and that's because that's what i've learned but now i don't remember this this is unconscious and now i have to deal with that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's um mm. is it have you find it's it's is it a time consuming exercise to, to to make note of all your 
I suppose thoughts and emotions throughout the day. I think that would that be maybe something that might affect people jumping into it. Mm, I would say that again, just start with what triggers you. So the thing that are really obvious. So that will give you a good start, like a slow start. And you're right in being maybe in the beginning you will be like a bit, a bit overwhelmed with like what's happening, like to realize how many thoughts and how many reactions you have in a day, because we're so used to be like, uh, not sadly, but like an uh, automatic pilot, like to just react and that's it. This is how I am and this is how I think. And I don't really know what I'm thinking about, but I just react to it. But as soon as we realize that it's a choice and that we take, like we become aware of all this, it's overwhelming at the beginning. You're like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that now? But that's just the part of the work and that's normal. Like you don't know what you don't know. So as soon as you know it, you're just like, oh my God, there's so many things, you know, to, to look at and to think about. But then it's a process to just be, all right, okay, I realize why I'm thinking this way. And there's like little steps to take afterward. And after that, it's not as bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just like, overwhelming, uh, maybe in the beginning. But it's just to start with the small, the small step, just to think about what is the trigger in my day to day. What brings me certain emotion, and from there, it's a good start. Yeah. And do you feel? Yeah. And, and is there a case like that? Right, like writing it down in the moment, kind of can potentially skip the point because you know we, you might be, I suppose. Uh, annoyed or disappointed with something and you might be angry with a certain person or situation but then you go to sleep and and you wake up the next morning and you're kind of like I don't really care about that or you feel completely different about it It, it, does writing it down kind of nearly give the same effect to some degree if it the fact that you're sleeping on it and then don't be affected yeah but yeah but like does writing that down like like in the moment writing Mm -hmm. that down give the same effect as potentially you know like going to sleep and taking a break and not thinking about like switching off from it like you it gives that same effect to where you kind of feel you know what maybe that's just the way i perceived it maybe it's not as bad as i thought first thought you know like writing it down gives that same effect as like if you sleep on it as such yeah i would say and it's even better than to just sleep on it that would say because you will see when you just sleep on it then it's it's going to come back and always come back until you address it but yeah writing about it it's really really good because again um just uh, obviously like the first like i said to be conscious of all your thought but then again if you put it on paper you can have like this perspective like this step back of like oh really okay that's what really happened and i like like making drawings like uh organigram or whatever like to associate things all right this happened equals this reaction equals what i did my reaction oh okay interesting so that's how usually i put all my thoughts together like by doing these kind of thing, I think it's kind of helpful because you really visualize it and understand more of the process. But yeah, writing them down and writing everything that usually like in my own routine, even right now, well, even more right now, each night I, I journal about the day, not something specifically, just what happened and like what, I, what got me triggered maybe. Or even when I'm writing down about something, I would have some thoughts and be like, oh, look at that. I'm thinking about that right now. Like, so I make the association of why I'm being mad at what I'm writing or what happened or why am I so happy. So I like to make all the uh, the links in between like my thoughts so I can understand even better like the whole pattern and work improve even more about it. But writing, so good. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I, that could even work, work potentially work well to a point. 
like if you're looking back on a tournament to like well i had this thought like you know like you said thought action reaction that like the you know this plus this equals this like to put that down even through paper like looking back like if you're trying to reflect on the way you were just in a tournament like never mind just mm-hmm. i suppose not even just day to day but if you look back on, a, on an event and how you felt throughout the event yeah i i love doing that with like right now in coaching with athletes usually when they just came come back from a tournament we do that type of work so first of all just knowing for them how how satisfied they are about the tournament even beside the result like it can be towards the result they put a certain number uh from one to ten just to be really specific so it gives them something to look at but also beside the the result like how did you feel about your performance how did you feel about the way you felt about the way you think so it gives more information and more detail and just taking like putting the focus on the result again but knowing what happened beside the result and we can work on the process as well and after that just put into words like what happened there oh okay i think at this point this happened and i felt this way okay and what do you think you were thinking about at that point uh what was in your mind and why do you think you were afraid of that blah 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 and we just put it into words and also the person can write it down afterward but talking about it afterward it helps a lot to just process and see like oh okay it's not just me having to work on my speed and <laughs> having to because obviously you would have some technical work to do that that's okay and that's like part of the game but there's also another type of work is like what was going through your mind while this happened because this would have an effect on your body and again uh would have an effect on the action you will take at this moment yeah and i think just i suppose kind of going to like looking at what we spoke about already that like if you get too caught up in like you people and they can often get caught too caught up in like the result is the only thing that matters and mm. i think to some degree that that's because that people get so caught up in the result because there's like the there's like the perceived expectations that they think other people have like they feel like that like i have to win because if i don't win then this person will think i'm no good or this person thinks i'm supposed to win and if i don't win then you know i i've somehow let them down or something like this whereas that's oftentimes it's not that like i said it puts more pressure on just the result and can often yes. and often make it feel like that that if it mm-hmm. that obviously if you don't win that it was a waste of time but like that as well as a waste of time for you you also let it was a waste of time maybe for other people or you let other people down when I think to some degree most people like don't actually care to some degree like very few people actually care of how you did to some degree yeah that is totally true even for me that was something i was thinking about because um for example my dad was really involved into the sport was following me to every tournament and it was really there so for me when i was winning or not i would be like oh maybe i just let him down you know if i didn't win or it would be like not mad at me like but just yeah like sad like that i didn't win i would believe that really so i would do my best to not get to this point but again i would put that pressure on myself by myself because i believe that and yeah most of the time people don't care as much as you do (laughs) about the result they're happy for you no matter what but this is really something about that goes back to when we were younger and if i go in that like whole thing um when we're really young we used to get you know 
know, applaud and like congrats when we will like achieve something, get a certain result. Like if you look back when you, you were at school and you know, when you get a good grade, you're like, wow, good job, congrats. And as soon as there's a bad grade, you're like, oh, and you have to learn something. So that like the feeling we get through people and that's not when more kid would like sponge. So we just like get every information and we process it in a certain way. So most of the time, when we compete and we get into that kind of sport at your young age, we can understand it's that and this is our own perception, but we can understand that as soon as we win or get a good result, we will be applauded and be like congratulated by other people. And that's their way to tell us that they love us. So that's a really big association, but we're kids. So that's just the way we think. And we just grow with this thinking in the way it, grows with us is by thinking that people do care that much about if we win or not. So that's a big thing to realize, to be like, oh my God, do I, I care that much about what people think of me? Yes, because when we're, when we're younger, we did care <laughs> about what people would think of us. That's the way that we were looking for love and looking for attention as a kid. And that's the way we grew. But at some point, either we dissociate from that, we understand that it doesn't matter that much, but we do want to feel that we, um, uh, we're part of a tribe, we're part of a group, we're part of something, and that people care about us. So when we compete, that can get to this level of like, oh my God, if I lose, this thing's going to happen. People will not like me anymore. People will not care about me. People will be like so sad to see that I didn't achieve this. But in the end, that's because we know deep down that we will be sad about ourselves if we don't do it. We will have a hard time like forgiving ourselves if we don't. It's all towards us more than anything, but we put it on other people. So that's a big, like in NLP, like what I'm doing in coaching, that's a big thing to look at because it's a big programming. I like to call it like that. It's a big thing that we have incurred in our mind that we have to work on to make sure that at some point we get detached from that. And even though the, like the, the fear of like, um, letting down people will come back, we know that it's okay. If we, are able to like give ourselves that love and give ourselves like that compassion towards us, we're going to be able to pass through it. But that's a process and it's, it's a big thing in sport. Yeah. I suppose, and where I kind of got me to thinking about that was I kind of thought that like, I did, like I've thought about whenever you, I suppose my friends would lose anything. Like I never lost sleep about them losing. And it's not that I wasn't upset for them in the time and that, but, you know, you never lose sleep. You never go like, at night thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe that this person lost her. She, like, you know what I mean? You just, like, you carry on with your day to some degree. And the same thing happens to you when you lose. Like, nobody's losing sleep, like, when you lose. Nobody's, you know, like, maybe very few people, maybe your family or, you know, or maybe your coach to some degree. But, like, there's, like, there's very few people who are going to lose sleep over you losing in a competition. Yeah, and and it's going to be this and it's not selfish because like but like because you're going to feel the same for them and it goes two ways like nobody really cares at the end of the day you know it's 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 more for yourself i suppose for yourself like obviously you'll care but that's why you could need to get rid of yeah. people's expectations to some degree mm-hmm. I, I would even say that people would care more about the fact that they know that you feel that bad about yourself after the loss not because you lost but just they care about the fact that you don't feel good about yourself so maybe that would make them think like oh that's that sucks that you feel this way now that he lost or whatever but it's really not about the loss it's really about 
the, your reaction towards it, you know? So yeah, and again, it, that perception comes from in your in your mind again obviously but the fact that you believe that people would think that is because you attach your own value to your result to your achievement to whatever you do instead of just knowing that whoever you are your personal value is what's matter the most and that is never affected even if you lose or you win you know that never changes you're always the same you remain the same you're always like the best human being you can be like you have all this potential still you didn't lose anything even though you just lost a medal but yeah that's really a perception of the mind to think that your value is attached to uh, the result or achievement or whatever you accomplish but it's because that's something we again understood when we were younger and that follows us now as adult or teenager depending how old we are yeah and uh mm-hmm. i suppose actually just before maybe we uh we wrap it up um I tend to, if you had to, I tend to ask everybody if you had to pick a, a favorite fighter or a favorite competitor to watch. You might have mentioned them already. Um, it could be taekwondo. It could be maybe outside taekwondo. I don't know if you're interested in MMA or boxing or any other martial arts or anything like that. And um, but if you had to pick a favorite competitor, who would you pick? Just one. Well, if I can, yeah, say to right now because. Um, yeah, like I told you, women, it always been like Ketra Solovey, so I'll keep this one for women. And right now, since like really close to the family and everything, Julio Carlos, this is someone that I really admire for his talent, is like raw talent. So I like watching him like grow into like whatever he's going through. So yeah, I like watching it from this this perspective. Yeah, definitely a good choice. Definitely. Probably, yeah, one, one of the top guys in the world um, has got to the final of nearly every tournament he's competed in so i think that kind of says to uh, how good he is mm-hmm. and what about you i want to know oh uh, me um my favorite fighter i suppose across men or women was probably is probably Katya. um mm-hmm. uh, i don't know could i pick uh, actually i i got i have loads of male for male favorite fighters yeah, I I, I, ones too. <laughs> i'm like if i pick one for now but also i'm like you know ukrainian like billy is really really good like obviously like the same family like obviously it's good too but yeah what about you for men uh, i i don't think i could pick one <laughs> i don't two. think um two and uh, this oh two <laughs> I could nearly name five, I think. <laughs> I just wanted to name. <laughs> uh, like, I, like, I, like, but obviously the Thomas Barada would have been one. Neil Ernest, and um, I always loved watching, uh, watching Hong when he was competing. Luke Woods when he was competing, and even like guys like, like someone like Adam Shelley who would be, uh, a very close friend. Like so, all those type of guys. Like there's no like, all the legends yes. really, all the legends, but. Uh, yeah, like that. I think we'll wrap it up there. I've really enjoyed the chat. Uh, thanks, Mina, for coming on. I think there's lots of good stuff there that people can take from your own story and your your professional expertise. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I was happy to talk about all those things and go back into yeah Taekwondo again. Like the whole time, like competing, it was really a good time. Thank yeah. you so much for the invitation. No worries, and uh, like hopefully we'll get to a a World Cup or something like that next year, or World Championships, and uh, everything will get back to some bit norm- normal yeah hopefully <laughs> i would love to like, i would love to get back to another and traveling again and do all those things that would be lovely <laughs> yeah yeah so welcome to link keep safe and uh, all the best
Thank you. You too. Good continuation. <laughs>